This is a production of Cornell University. Hello and welcome to Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information brought to you in partnership from Cornell University's Turfgrass Program and the New York State Turfgrass Association. My name is Frank Rossi. I'm the Associate Professor of Turf Science in the Department of Horticulture here at Cornell University. And the following are observations, recommendations for the week of March 29th, 2010. Well, welcome to the 2010 growing season, and it is a fast start and a quick stop, so be sure to stay patient. A quick start to the spring is pushing growth and getting many athletes and golfers out on the turf. Golf course superintendents have either made or are about to make their seed ed suppression applications, so now's a good time to read about the potential for Proxy Primo to lead a bentgrass scalping. Of course, many are wondering about sustainable turf management and what we can do, and new fertilizer legislation enacted in several counties goes into effect. Much to read in this first issue, and be sure to check out this audio version on iTunes. Now, we start with the weather, and our winter summary comes from R.D. Gaetano, the director of the Northeast Climate Center here at Cornell University. And it basically starts out by talking about epic snowfall for much of the coastal northeast. This was historic amounts of snowfall for the coastal northeast, and surprisingly, historically low snowfall for inland in the northeast. You know, it's an odd winter when D.C. and Baltimore had more snow than Syracuse and Buffalo. However... While precipitation was unusual, there wasn't much interesting about temperatures. Some months were slightly below normal, others slightly above. The northern areas of New York and Maine were about five above normal through the month of February. Well, this week's weather, the forecast, off to a fast start and then an abrupt stop through the weekend. Expect heavy rainfall early in the week. Temperatures will start out the week well below normal with upper 40s and 50s for highs and 30s and 40s for low. The base 32 growing degree days for seed heads are showing favorable for proxy primo applications in much of the New York metropolitan area and out by Long Island. But this time next week, the favorable areas will move into the lower Hudson Valley. And, of course, you can check out uh, more weather information at our Cornell Forecast website at www.nrcc.cornell.edu backslash grass. The Cornell Cooperative Extension Update for this week of March 29, 2010. Summary from the winter and such. The Finger Lakes report from Walt Nelson. What was at first predicted to be a bad year of snow mold throughout the region has turned out to be less than average in spite of the prolonged period of snow cover. Some concern expressed over the wet fall and mild winter effects on crane fly populations that might be higher this spring. From the North Country, the Adirondacks, Emily Selleck and Amy Ivey, wide differences depending on where you are, with areas in the valley greening and areas in the high peaks still coming out of the snow. Many reports of moles and tunneling behavior, a few questions about establishing grass seed and sandy soils. And of course, the thing to do in sandy soils is to try to get some water holding capacity in that particular soil, because of course seed germination is going to be dependent on the amount of moisture available at the start. The Westchester report from Rick Harper and Jerry Giordano. Westchester turf has greened up nicely due to several heavy rain events over the month of March, including one severe nor'easter with hurricane-force gusts that damaged many trees. An early warm spell has caused overwintering annuals such as chickweed to grow rapidly and begin to flower in sheltered-off lawn areas, with small plants visible in turf. Perennial speedwells have followed suit, as as have some broadleaf weeds. 
Onion grass is very visible on lawns as it has already grown well above the height of the turf grass. Those waiting to apply crabgrass pre-emergent products are watching carefully for that critical past peak stage of Forsythia bloom, which we still have some time yet. With soil moisture high, landscapers have been urged not to work wet soil and not to otherwise compact soggy areas until they are thoroughly drained. The Long Island Report from Tom Kowalsik. Unusual extended snow cover for Long Island this year with nor'easters coming up the coast. Things are actively greening up and rumblings in the industry about new legislation, especially the specifics of that legislation. Now, a personal note from all of us on the shortcut conference call and through the newsletter, our friend and weed scientist Randy Prostak. We received news this last week that our friend and resident weed scientist Randy Prostak from the University of Massachusetts had an accident and will be away for several months recuperating. Now, this was a very severe accident, but apparently, all things considered, Randy's been fairly lucky and will be recuperating for several months. While we are happy to hear his injuries, we'll allow him to recover. We, of course, will miss his wit, insight, and transplanted New Jersey charm. Get back to us soon, Randy. We miss you a lot. The diagnostic update from Rich Buckley, the Director of Diagnostic Services for Rutgers University. Gray snow mold samples from the golf course have ramped up dramatically this week. The number one sample submission was gray snow mold. Gray snow mold is an occasional problem in the area down by Jersey because it normally takes 30-plus days of snow cover to get going. We had the snow this season, so we had gray snow mold. Gray snow mold samples came from a couple of New Jersey golf courses in as far away as Charlottesville, Virginia, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Don't worry if you got gray snow mold because the fungus that causes it Tifula incarnata doesn't do a whole lot of damage to the grass, at least down in the southern part of the region. We'd expect to see the turf recover promptly when the temperature warms up. Anything you can do to help it dry out and grow will help. Well, the pink snow mold, we've also seen pink snow mold. Uh, the recent cold rain for pink snow mold has created ideal conditions. Expect to see the disease moving forward during cool wet periods all the way into May. And red thread. I've also seen some active red thread out there. Remember that pink snow mold is rarely pink, so the salmon-colored fuzz you see in the landscape is more likely to be red thread than pink snow mold. Now my gazing in the grass section. Sustainable turf management. Much has transpired over the winter with regard to discussions about sustainable turf grass management. This concept of fully embodied, resource-efficient turf grass management views turf grass as a resource and includes social and economic aspects as well as environmental. Our scientific discipline is drafting the definition for this idea that currently reads optimizing the function of turf grass in urban settings in harmony with the conservation of the natural environment under economically sound and socially responsible management. It is time for industry to be part of this discussion, and while it seems lofty and big picture global stuff, it has broad implications in our management programs. Why not commit to reducing fuel use by 20% this season, or electricity use by 15%? Both will have positive effects on reducing your emissions and at the same time improve your operational efficiency. Well, annual bluegrass seed head suppression, one of the more lively topics among golf course superintendents in the springtime. The surging early spring has pushed the base 33 growing degree day totals that you can view at our forecast website at least a week ahead of the last two years. Most in the New York metropolitan area who use Proxy Primo have made their first applications and are already considering a second application. For those interested in using the Embark Primo combination, now would be an excellent time in the southern part of the Northeast region to make your first application. Timing for this response for both of these programs has been notoriously tricky to predict. It appears there is not a large penalty for being too early, except that often applications of PGRs during persistent cool wet periods can lead to increased discoloration. 
The expected wet and then warm weather by the end of the week will likely allow for excellent growth, and the wet weather often leads to reduced seed head development. Now, there's uh, research about proxy and scalping. The proxy primo application program for seed head suppression has grown in popularity over the last five years. Most were happy to abandon the embark approach as it often resulted in severe injury to bentgrass. Well, it appears that proxy, with or without primo, seems to create a different challenge for bentgrass. There appears to be some odd morphological phenomenon associated with proxy primo that was recently reported by Peter Noden at the University of Maryland. This study investigated standard rates of proxy with and without primo applied once or twice in the spring for seed head suppression. They applied the treatments to a mature stand of Providence creeping bentgrass maintained as putting green. 30 to 40 days after the application, the bentgrass plants developed an odd stolen-like leaf form and the plots began to scout from normal mowing. This effect was worse with two applications compared to one and was slightly mitigated by the addition and continued follow-up use of primo. There are some important qualifiers to this work. The treatments were applied about one month later than would normally be applied in our area for seed head suppression. Other researchers have worked with this approach and not observed this problem, and the green is not regularly treated with PGRs. In the end, this is something to keep in mind as we often note the transition from spring POA to puffy early season bankgrass in June. Keep up with the grooming and top dressing programs to manage the puffy growth and, of course, maintain the Primo program. And finally, the fertilizer legislation. A law regulating fertilizer use is now in effect in Westchester County. This law affects fertilizers applied to turf and lawn areas only. The law does not apply to newly established turf or lawn areas during their first year or where soil tests indicate a need for phosphorus. The restrictions on the use of lawn fertilizer under this law apply to homeowners, golf courses, municipalities, as well as commercial landscape businesses. The major provisions that impact commercial landscapers have the following timelines after enactment of this law, April 27, 2009. Now, of course, this first part doesn't really come into effect until December of 2010 because we're already past the um, original timeline here. No fertilizer application may be made between December 1st and April 1st. That's the part I was talking about. And no application made within 20 feet of any surface water except if a 10-foot wide continuous natural vegetative buffer exists. Nursery, garden centers... And other merchants where you purchase lawn fertilizer need to post signage explaining the law and the impact of fertilizers on water quality. Every person applying for a home improvement license or upon renewal of their license in Westchester County that provides lawn or turf services needs to show proof of completion of an approved turf management course. The full text of the Westchester County law may be read at www.westchestergov.com backslash pdfs, backslash e-n-v-f-a-c-i-l, underscore 2008 lawn fertilizer law dot pdf. Thank you for joining me for the weekly installment of the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information. I'm Frank Rossi, Associate Professor of Turfgrass Science here at Cornell University, and we hope you have a great this week. This has been a production of Cornell University on the web at cornell.edu.